Coming up, Penelope Cruz meets royalty and Danielle McDonald wraps her way to a better life. I think as Patty, I kind of related more to Biggie because he does have that, I'm cool and I'm calm and I'm confident and that helped me find Patty's confidence and her um, kind of swag. So that was great. What a life that this woman has had, no? Because every time she goes into making a movie with all these people, she has to save somebody's life or or do something very, you know, like life-changing for everybody. I, I learned the raps with the Jersey accent. So at that point, I only knew how to rap them with a Jersey accent. When I'm on the set, everything is so crazy and so chaotic, but at the, at the same time, everything works in that chaos. I feel like we need that chaos to make it work. Hey folks, welcome to the House of Krauss. I'm Richard Krauss. Come on in, pull a beanbag chair up by the air conditioner and soak up the cool air and the cool interviews that we have for you. A little bit later on, we're going to meet Danielle McDonald. I think she's going to be a huge star after people get a load of her in a movie called Patty Cakes. She plays the title character, a.k.a. Patricia Dombrowski. She's a New Jersey wannabe rapper who, depending on her mood, goes by a bunch of different names, Patty Cakes or Killer P. She's a walking, talking attitude woman with a way with words and a dream of bettering her circumstances through hip-hop. We'll get to that in just a little bit. First up, though, almost 10 years ago, Penelope Cruz originated the role of up-and-coming Spanish movie star Macarena Granada in a really frothy little movie called The Girl of Your Dreams. Well, she's re-teamed with her director of that first movie, Fernando Truba. Some of the original cast has come back, and it's the continuing adventures of Macarena. She is now an international movie star, but still, trouble seems to kind of follow her. Everywhere Macarena goes, someone goes missing, or there's political intrigue. This time, she has to deal not only with Franco, the dictator, but one of her ex-lovers has gone missing as well. I talked to Penelope Cruz about what it's like to get right back in there and play a character that she had left behind almost 10 years ago. Tell me how it feels to revisit the same character after almost a decade-long break. Yes, well, that was the first time that I ever had to do that. (laughs) Um, And it was interesting because I had to keep the essence of the same woman, Macarena. I knew her very well, but it, in a way, was not exactly the same person because so many things happened to her, and she changed with time like we all do. And uh, she had a very intense life. So that was the tricky thing, how to, for the people that knew Macarena, how to make it recognizable that it's the same woman, but how, you know, what are the changes that, that, that we can see in her after all these years? Because in the film, when we first met her in the first movie, uh, she was not yet a superstar. Now she's an international star when we see her in The Queen of Spain. Uh, did you draw on uh, you know, personal experiences of what it might have been like for you to go through that shift uh, into stardom? Or did you base it on somebody? Or was it all just written on the page for you in the script? No, no, it was all written. Yeah. He was very clear that that that's what he, that he the destiny that Macarena had, and it's true that maybe there were some similarities. Like we all we both come, you know, we are both Spanish. Started to work here, then start combining our work here with work in other countries. But 
um, even if we have some similarities, like our personal lives could not be more different. So yes. I never for a second felt like I was like playing myself in any way. Even, you know, the way like she was working in a time when working in America was very different because if she's in those years, if she signed with a studio, mm -hmm. uh, you only work with that one studio. They practically owned your life, you know, in that time. And it was a very, very different, different time in, in movies, especially for, for, for women, I guess for everybody. So completely different lives. Now, did you look at any particular movies uh, to prepare? The, the The film is set in 1956, and the film very much feels or looks like a film from 1956. Did you look at any movies for inspiration? Well, um, we we um, do that a lot with Fernando. You know, sometimes he puts the crew together, and and we watch films together. But he doesn't want a specific one for a specific character. Okay, you are going to be inspired on this one. Maybe a little bit more we did that with the the um, Girl of Your Dreams, mm -hmm. the, the first movie, because at that point it was very important, you know, the the, um, the flavor of the folklorica from Spain, of that, you know, actress, singer from the south of Spain. So there were specific examples at that time that, that he gave me. You know, from some of the actresses that were shooting in that time in Germany, some of these co-productions with Germany, uh, but not so much with this one. I think it, it happened more in that time when I even had to, to do some flamenco classes again and some uh, singing and, and things that were not part of my everyday, you know, training. Were you nervous to sing? No, actually, uh, I sang that myself in nine, but in this oh, movie, yeah, because yeah. it's very typical, you know, like from the south of Spain, you cannot learn to do that in a few months. I don't have enough voice to do to do that. No way. <laughs> so so that was a, a playback in Spanish and in German. Do you remember that yeah, the song yeah. was, was done in both languages? Um, and that was very, very funny to do. Um, but the, the time that I have sung was in nine, because in The Girl of Your Dreams, I only sing the second song. Mm -hmm. It was much shorter and easier than the first one. Now, you've made three films with uh, Fernando Truba, uh, Belle Epoque, The Girl of Your Dreams, and now The Queen of, Ga of uh, Spain. What's your connection with him? Why do you work so well with him, do you think? I like him very much as a person, and, and he, the, the knowledge that he has of cinema, the passion that he has for cinema, you know, is very contagious. When you are with him on the set, everybody feels like on a cloud. He creates <laughs> a great atmosphere. He never seems stressed out. He loves all the actors. He gives so much time to every department. You never feel left alone. Um, and he's just a gentleman, you know, and he, he, I think he's a great director. And I am very grateful to him because my Belle Epoque, when I did Belle Epoque, that was the same year that Mohammed came out. And both movies came out at the same time, and both roles were so different. And it really opened so many doors for me to come out with these two movies at the same time. And I think Belle Epoque is like a, a masterpiece. This film was amazing. And for me, in the beginning of my career, to start with somebody as brilliant as him and, and with Vigas Luna, it was a year that, you know, it was impossible for me not to fall in love with movies. Yeah. 
with what it was to be on a set because they spoiled me forever. You know, they, I was working with with two of the great ones that 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 cinema has, and and Vegas is gone now, unfortunately. But you know, very very important year in my life because it's the year that made me completely fall in love with what it was, you know, acting and making movies. Well, the film is set at such an interesting time. Uh, you know, it's it's in America. There's the McCarthy uh, trials have happened. One of your writers, played by Mandy in the film, is is a blacklisted writer. Uh, the Franco regime is finally allowing uh, Americans to make films in Spain again. I just thought that the the backdrop of the movie was so interesting, mm. and that's one of the things that really drew me in was the whole history of the piece, because I'm not sure I knew about Franco, of course, but I'm not sure that I knew about mm. his relationship with the censorship of the films and, and, and with Hollywood. And I think people will be very interested yeah. in that. Yeah, and it's interesting the same way in the first one, you know, it was the time of all these co-productions with Germany and Macarena has to protect herself from Goebbels and this time it's from Franco and in a way, like, you know, every time she's, she's not just acting in that film, she becomes some kind of political heroine for so many people because uh, she's, she's like fighting for, for what means justice, no? And, and she, I feel like what a life that this woman has had, no? Because every time she goes into making a movie with <laughs> all these people, she has to save somebody's life or, or, or <laughs> do something com- very, you know, like life-changing for everybody. So um, I guess if we ever do the third one, um, I don't know, sometimes he talks about that, like to do it in 15 years from now. I guess who, I don't know who she's going to have to deal with. Depends on what country she is at that time, but there could be many, many ways to write that. There could. I think you could make as many of these as, as you wanted to, set them <laughs> every few years <laughs> apart. <laughs> it's, exactly. Are you, do you know an American television show called Murder, She Wrote? It's... It, no, I have I haven't seen it. Well, it's it, it's an older show, but it's about a woman who wrote murder mystery novels. But everywhere she went, someone died, and then she would solve the 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 murder. And that's how we see Macarena. Everywhere yeah. she goes, something happens, and she has to solve the the problem. So it could be a TV show, even. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly. Like I think, I mean, hopefully the third, the third one will happen someday, and let's see who who she has to encounter this time. Now, uh, poor Macarena. I know. Well, listen, she's doing some good in the world. Uh, Queen Letizia of Spain <laughs> uh, paid you a visit on set. Tell me what that was like. Well, it was really nice. You know, she's a very big supporter of Spanish cinema and. She's a great woman, really, really smart, and I like her very much. Uh, I already knew her, and and she's great. And it was really good, you know, that she came to the set. And, of course, everybody was very excited, and, mm-hmm. and it was funny that that was the title of the movie, and she was there, and most of the crew, you know. Um, but it was a, a, a great visit, and she's, she's a great woman. Has she seen the movie? You know what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she has seen it. 
I'm sure she has, and I'm sure she loved it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, just one last question: What do you? Is there a message to these movies at all, or is this? Are, are we? Are we just in for a really good time at the at the movies? Is it just a, a pure pleasure for us? I think it's with Fernando. It's always more than entertainment. You yeah. know, he's he's such a great filmmaker, and always, you know, he has. He talks about like so many different big subjects at the same time in every one of his movies. But I I love his his love and his passion for movies. You know, like he lives for that. You can see he becomes like a child again. He's yeah. he's so happy and you can see this light coming from him and he always seems like has everything under control. He never seems nervous, he never seems stressed out. But his passion for movies, you know, like, that will be with him for the rest of his life. He's always been like this, and that is something so beautiful to watch, because I have that too. I love movies since I was a little girl, but he's so passionate about it. So I think that's there in every frame of his film. It must, must and, be f- and it's like a celebration of that, you know. Well, it must be fun to make a movie about a movie, then. Exactly. That's why in this case, you know, it's a movie inside a movie where there are not enough movies about that. I always, when I'm on the set, everything is so crazy and so chaotic, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, everything works in that chaos. I feel like we need that chaos to make it work. And it's like magical that things happen, that, that movies get done and get finished. And um, that's why I'm always on the set thinking, wow, this, just this, this, Three days of shooting give material for three more movies. You know, it's like <laughs> always very interesting things happening. That's Penelope Cruz hoping she gets a third Queen of Spain installment. Let's keep our fingers crossed about that. Up now, Danielle McDonald. Now, you may not know that name. If you've seen Patty Cakes, though, it's been in theaters in the U.S. for a little while, opens in Canada uh, this weekend. You'll know who she is. She is memorable in the role of a woman who really just wants to better herself and kind of claw her way out of this Dickensian existence that she's in in South New Jersey. It feels authentic. And I think what begins is one rapper's kind of -of run-of-the-mill journey to get out from under the weight of her dreams snakes around to become a high-energy, fist-pumping story of overcoming odds and doing it with dignity and on your own terms. Danielle McDonald is terrific in this. Remember that name because after people get a load of her in patty cakes, you'll be seeing more of her. How does an Australian actor get involved in an American movie that is about a New Jersey rapper? Um... I lived in America, so I think that helped. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. Our director had actually seen some work that I had done. Uh, one of our producers had seen the first film I ever filmed, and he showed my photo to Jeremy. Jeremy saw my work, and he invited me to come do the Sundance Director's Lab. And that was kind of where we really worked together. And, you know, because just doing the lab doesn't mean you're going to do the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that was where we figured out who Patty was, and he was like, at the end of the labs, he told me, I want to I want to work on this with you. Yeah, so was there yeah. a script at that point, or was there like a, an overreaching kind of idea of what it would be? No, there was a script. There was a script. He wrote a script in, what 
was it like 19 days or something <laughs> to submit to the Sundance Writers Lab. Right. And that was in January of 2014. And then we did the Sundance Directors Lab in June of 2014. So there'd been a script for about six months at that point. And it still had many incarnations. There were many incarnations before it and there were many incarnations right. after it. So, yeah. And, and the changes, did you have a hand in, in sort of helping to shape the character and the changes that came after that? I think once I came on board and Sid, who plays Jerry, and Bridget, who plays my mom, all three of us came on board at the Sundance Labs. Right. And after that, he was like, I want to use all these people. Yeah. That's This is what I picture. And so I think maybe knowing that we were in those roles and we'd already acted, um, it probably helped maybe right. influence his writing, but I was... he had an idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he would send me scripts, and if there was a part that I was like, I love this, you better never change it. <laughs> he, he, he didn't. I, I, the first time he wrote the end scene the way it is, which was a rewrite from when we started doing the labs, I was like, I'm obsessed with this. I cried, and I've read the script so many times, so the fact, like, you have to keep that. Right. And he did so I like that <laughs> so tell me about Patty like what what do we need to know if you haven't seen the movie what do you need to know about her um it's about a girl who grows up in Jersey and she she just she wants to get out you know she wants to do what she loves to do and she kind of gets put in a box by society by the people around her by her mom even and it's about kind of trying to break out of that image and really follow what she loves to do but I thought it was also more than that, though. It's about the relationship with her mother, because yeah, her mother definitely. had had similar kind of uh, ideas. She yeah. wanted to be a singer as well, and, and or a performer yeah. as well. And so it, it's about a mother and daughter relationship. The grandmother character yeah. is, is... Well, the three generations well. of women was really like important to me. When I read it, I, I loved it, because I love that... The dynamic kind of shows how different people raise their kids right. and that Nana wasn't as good to her daughter, but then gave all the love to Patty. And maybe um, Bob, my mom, kind of learned how to treat her daughter right. by how she was treated. And that may almost be that envy that her mom treats Patty so well. And yeah, she never got to follow her dreams and I'm kind of the reason why. So that is also another layer to it. And I think it was really interesting because they don't have a terrible relationship. There's a lot of love there. Um, that's what we found. There is a lot of love there. There's just a lot of resentment between them as well that they have to get through. And you rap all the way through the movie. Yes, there's so, that too. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. And yeah. like kind of complicated, fast, and they a lot of it sounds... Uh, extemporaneous, like you're just making it up off the top of your head. That's good. Which I'm guessing you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Yes. <laughs> I did not do that <laughs> at so all. <laughs> tell me, tell me about that, about that learning curve. Um, it took time. It was a lot of practice. Yeah. A lot of listening to all these different artists. Had you listened to hip hop before? Were you? Yeah, I listened to it growing up, but kind of only what I heard on the radio. Right. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I was just like, a, oh yeah, I like this. And I listened to these artists because I like them. But I really started learning about artists I didn't know about, right. songs from artists that I did know about that I'd never heard. I listened to different different styles, like slow, fast, like really intense rappers versus really like chill, laid back rappers. It was really different. You know, I would go from like a Biggie song who's very chill and laid back to like 
Control by Kendrick Lamar. And I was like, you're insane. I don't know how you do this without breathing. Or um, like Eminem, who's also a very intense rapper. And it was really interesting to kind of see those styles. I think as Patty, I kind of related more to Biggie because he does have that, I'm cool and I'm calm and I'm confident. And that helped me find Patty's confidence and her um, kind of swag. So that was great. And on top of that, you have, you're not working in your, your, native accent no <laughs> and so you're 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 speaking in a new jersey accent yeah. often when people sing the accent goes their accent goes away yeah. did you find that when you were rapping because it, it some of them are very particularly in the street raps that you're yeah. doing there it's so intense oh yeah so you're working i guess is half your brain thing speaking new jersey accent and the other half is rap or how does that work um i i i learned the raps with the jersey accent right. So at that point, I only knew how to rap them with a Jersey accent. So that helps. Um, if I had learned them another way and then had to put it in, right. it would have been way harder. But I did, when I got the raps, have to slow them down and put in the accent before I started it all and then be able to speed it back up because it's a tongue twister, yeah. basically. <laughs> it is. I, it's, it's a whole different placement in your mouth. And then learning how to rap is just a whole new thing that I'm was trying to figure out right. so it it was yeah it was work it was definitely work <laughs> uh, this has been a long process yeah you've been attached to this for a couple of years i think three probably. years now three years now mm -hmm. so that's way longer than you know as actors you kind of come and go yeah. on projects you might work on something for six or eight weeks or or a month or a few months but three years so tell me about your relationships then with your director and perhaps the other cast I mean, Jeremy and I met, and we met at the Sundance Labs, and he was great. He he just, he has great instincts. Mm -hmm. He really knows what he wants, but he's also very open to hearing your thoughts and opinions because you're bringing a character to life, and that's and amazing. he's a performer himself, and yeah. that must make a difference. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's a musician first. You know, that was always what he did, right. and... I fit like he knew that world so well and then I knew the acting world and he this was you know his first time working with actors he's a first time director so I think it was really interesting that we kind of got to find that together because we were both learning it was it was a learning curve the whole lab experience and he really just could tell when I wasn't um getting something or I was frustrated and he would know exactly what to do he would right. take me outside and just talk about the weather, something <laughs> random. And I didn't even know I needed to get out of my head, but he did. And he can, he can just really sense that within me, which is really great. Um, so he was amazing to work with. And I met Sid and Bridget, who plays Jerry and Bob at the labs as well. Love them. Um, became friends with them. And whenever we were in the same cities, we would catch up, um, hoping that the movie would happen, but yeah. never really sure. And then the rest of the cast, I met in pre-production um kathy who is kathy absolutely Moriarty. incredible I mean, yeah, yeah. raging bull that's yeah. all you can think of right? yeah i mean <laughs> she's she's a, like family at this yeah. point you know she she's met my whole family i met her whole family it's she's she's uh she really instantly connects with people and she's a very warm human being and then um mamadou who plays bob or bastard he was very impressive to me because i had no idea how that character was going to come to life right. when you read it on the page i'm like no idea who this character yeah. is and he brought it to life do you still think about patty it's been a, it's been a while 
You've shed that skin already. Do you still think I, about her? Yeah. Well, we shot the music video last week. <laughs> so, wouldn't say I necessarily shed the skin yet. Wow. Um, I definitely do, but then, yeah, things like that happen where, like, we did the soundtrack. So, all of a sudden, we're back in the studio recording, and then they were like, we want a music video. So, we shot that last week, and I think that was actually the last time... I'll be fine. So that was kind of sad. There was champagne and we we're all like hugging like, oh. Well, or, or except when they make the sequel when she's a big rap star. Yeah. Well, except for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's Danielle McDonald talking about the fabulous patty cakes. Go seek it out in the theater. It's really good stuff. You'll want to pump your fist in the air by the time it's all over. Speaking of things being over, that's it. That's all there is at the House of Kraus this week. Thanks so much for coming by. Thanks to Penelope. Thanks to Danielle. Most of all, thanks to you for coming by every single week. There would be no point in us sitting here doing our thing if you weren't out there doing your thing. So thank you very much. Be sure to come back every week. Every Monday we put up a new show. You never know who's going to be here. Who knows? It might be one of your favorite people. So you'll want to drop by.